Well, so much to talk about. Did not go well for the NDP government yesterday during question period in the legislature. Let's find out why. Mom Palmer with us now from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Um, well, I think the finger pointing on what went wrong yesterday could start with whoever had the brilliant idea that if they took that entire report right. on repeat offenders and street violence and put it out on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., Nobody's you know, going to notice. The media in the province is lazy. They sleep in. The opposition isn't paying attention on a long weekend. And nobody will notice. <laughs> man, oh, man. Right? Is I want to be in that meeting. that blow up in their faces? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that report actually has gotten more attention because of the way they put it out than it would have if they'd introduced it at midday on a regular weekday, you know? I'm always amazed at that because when you think, like somebody in the communications office must have said this, and you think, didn't they ever work in the media? Don't they know that these things can backfire? Yeah, I mean, nothing gets you back up faster, and nothing creates a better storyline, because you go, hey, I know now why they hit it, right? They didn't want us to read the details in the report, because it is chock full of horrific anecdotes about how bad it is out there. The report contradicts the government line that, oh, crime stats are dropping. You know, this is all anecdotal. Well, you know, as someone said yesterday, there's an awful lot of anecdotes in that report, and some of them are pretty disturbing. And really, Simi, how many attacks on a mother wheeling a baby carriage does it take before the public starts to get alarmed? How often do you have to hear that in a placid little community like Oak Bay, they have to deal, the police there, every month with a cop-hating machete wielder who goes off his meds, leaves the hospital, and has to be detained and taken back. So, I mean, it really was... um, It's an eye-opener. Yeah, very, very effective day for the opposition, but an opportunity, an opening for the opposition to do its job that was entirely created by the government downplaying this problem, ignoring it, trying to bury the report and pretend that there's really no problem out there when clearly there is. There's another interesting aspect to what happened yesterday in the legislature, and that is the two really uh, the most effective people for the government uh, weren't really talking about this. Yeah, so the government, Simi, is in transition. I mean, the premier's exactly. leaving, and, you know, John Horgan has got his approval ratings, and they're very high. Uh, the government doesn't have the same approval rating by any means. The public thinks the government's doing a rotten job on some big problems, but they like John Horgan. But, you know, Horgan is leaving at the end of the year. He's told us it's for health reasons, and uh, he wasn't there again yesterday. When he's there, he's very effective defender of the government, but, as I say, he's leaving. Well... The person who commissioned this report and put up all those excuses back in the spring that, oh, crime stats are dropping and, you know, enough of the anecdotes, um, David Eby isn't there either because he had to step down as attorney general to run for the NDP leadership and the leadership race is going on. So he's not there either. And even if he were there in the backbench, he can't really say much because question period is for ministers. So the stand-in minister, the stand-in attorney general is Murray Rankin. And, uh, you know, you feel a little bit sorry for Rankin because he was a federal NDP MP in opposition. Uh, He did a lot of public service jobs out here and advisory jobs, but 
he's a little unused to the furor in the BC legislature, Ministry of Aboriginal Relations, and that's an issue that's handed fairly handled fairly delicately in the House. But this was unarmed combat that went right. on yesterday, rhetorical. So Rankin started off, you know, with the government uh, usual message box stuff. We're working on it. You know, we've been working on it. But come on, we inherited a hell of a mess from you guys over there in the opposition. An excuse that's starting to wear thin after more than five years. So that didn't go very well. So then um, the Liberals mind another recommendation out of the report. So the report, the researchers said, you know, the government, the government can give direction to prosecutors to um, be a little tougher on repeat offenders, especially when repeat offenders are caught um, breaking, violating the conditions under which they were released. And the criminal code does allow for tougher treatment of repeat offenders. So the opposition, Mike DeYoung, uh, opposition uh, critic, said, um, why don't you issue some directives like that to the prosecution service? And Rankin said, he kind of conceded the opposition had a point, that there was this recommendation and he was reviewing it and thinking of acting on it. And I mean, that's not, Simi, as you know, standard response line for the government. No, they, never, they never give the opposition an inch. But Rankin kind of went, yeah, you got, <laughs> you got a point. When is, you just don't hear that. But it, it re- basically conceded, Rankin did, that you know, this report has some very good advice for the government. And the government can do something about the problem of repeat offenders. If it wants to. Yeah, here's what I don't understand about politics, Vaughn. Is that that line that you just said there, they could have released this report ages ago and they could have said exactly that. Boy, there's lots of interesting information in this report. We're going to learn from this. We are going to implement some of this. Boom, done, story, moved on. And they've they've just turned into one disaster after another. Yes, and you know what they did when they, they released a preliminary, they released the executive summary of the report. So the executive summary of the report has the recommendations, but it doesn't have those very powerful anecdotes in it. And they not only released it, but they did this stupid political trick. They came out and said, you know, one of these recommendations, one of these 28, we have to act on that immediately. And the recommendation was that they bring back a program that the BC Liberals had as a pilot project more than 10 years ago, $120,000 program to deal with repeat offenders. And they tried to persuade all of us that the, the reason we have this problem of machete attacks and repeat offenders and the downtown east side being basically lawless. The, re- the only reason that existed was because the liberals had shut down this program 10 years ago. And it was like, it was pathetic line of defense. But they decided to play stupid political games with it. And then they decided to bury the actual report. And so what happened to them yesterday was, you know, a, a very large flock of chickens coming home to roost on the government's plate and a stand-in attorney general having to deal with it because the people actually in charge in the government aren't there. So is this more of what you and I have been talking about then? This is the holding pattern. We're seeing more of the fallout from this holding pattern they're in. Yeah. 
John Horgan announced right at the end of June that he was going and handed it over to the NDP to come up with how they're going to handle the transition. So Horgan's reasons for going are understandable, and I, you know it's health related, and I think he wanted to stay, but his, you know, the the spirit was willing, but the the flesh was weak. But it wasn't Horgan's decision to let this thing run for five months. That was the party. And the party did it that way because they wanted to have a lot of attention on a leadership race and opening for new members to be signed up because their membership list was down to about 11,000 from, what, 50,000 in the 1990s. So they saw an opportunity, but that meant a prolonged leadership race if anybody other than David Eby jumped into the race. And when Anjali Apadurai, the climate activist, jumped in, Simi, you may remember that Eby's initial, initial comment was to kind of express disappointment that, well, that meant it was going to prolong the leadership race. Well, yes, it did. When there's a contest, it will prolong it to December. So now that the party has realized that Apadurai may have signed up so many members that she might win, they're trying to decide what to do with her. She filed her papers last week uh, to run, they're still vetting her application. So the the race is now closed. Yesterday was the last day right. you could enter. But we don't know if she's going to be the candidate. Uh, the rumor around here is that Crown Corporations and other agencies that deal with the government have been told to ready briefing books for the transition this month. So some people in the NDP, are, in the government, are assuming Maybe there won't be a race after all because they anticipate that the party won't approve Abadurai as a candidate. She's confident she will. She says her work is clean. But again, Simi, that is adding to this cloud of uncertainty that is over the government. Oh, boy. Okay, so the deadline was yesterday, meaning yeah. we could hear any time then. Yeah, we could. Apparently, the vetting process is actually for a candidate is fairly complicated. EB was vetted and approved a long time ago. Uh, the, the two big issues are um, the, the candidate has to have a testimonial, kind of an affidavit, uh, with the support of 250 members of the NDP. Well, we know Apadurai is an outsider. We're, we're confident that she got the list of names, But the party is also vetting all the new members that joined to see whether they're up to the standards of, you know, whether there's any irregularities in the paperwork. If the party phones their home, do they answer the phone? Did they pay their own fee? And uh, they're also considering, uh, I think, you know, again, they've confirmed very little, Simi, but we understand the party is considering whether or not, in light of Apatorai's very strong attacks on the government, she's branded it a failure, whether that is a suitable candidate to lead the NDP. So interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye.